Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Well, this morning... um, I want to talk a little bit about the story of Gideon. If you've read the Bible, the book of Judges, some of you may have, some of you may have yet to do that. But in the book of Judges in the Old Testament, there is a guy by the name of Gideon, and I love the story of Gideon. And there's a couple of reasons why I love that story. The first reason that I love that story is because Gideon was a guy who brought freedom to his entire nation. His nation was oppressed by the Midianites. They were a a kind of a, a, a group of kind of like a desert tribe. And God used Gideon to bring freedom to his whole nation. It meant Uh, economic freedom. They were oppressed. They suffered extreme oppression. They couldn't worship in the way that they wanted to. In every aspect of their life, there was oppression, there was limitation. And Gideon was chosen by God to bring freedom to a nation. Now, there's something within me that I find that incredibly exciting, that God could use people to bring others into a place of freedom. That for me, that's like, wow, like what, what would that look like for us in our city for God to use us to bring people who were broken into wholeness, to bring people who had lack into abundance? And so that is just so exciting. But the other thing that I love about the story of Gideon is the way that God did that. And God did that in such miraculous and powerful ways. There's one part of the story where Gideon has 32,000 troops. He has 32,000 troops. and But he's, he's fighting, a, the Midianites were like probably maybe three or four times that. We don't know exactly how many there were. But God said, look, 32,000 is too is too many. I'm actually going to get the job done with 300 so that you can't boast that it was your own strength. And Gideon was part of this miraculous unfolding of God's plan where if you read the story in Judges 6 and 7, you will see that God led him supernaturally by his voice and God positioned him for all these miraculous events with the purpose of bringing the nation to freedom. And God put Gideon and set him against the, uh, the other religion, uh, Baal, which was there. And they actually gave him a name, which it, it, because he defied Baal, they said, look, we're going to give you the name Jeroboam which essentially means let Baal deal with him. So his name was actually in defiance to the false religion of that time. Doesn't that excite you? To be 
to see this character that God uses that puts him in defiance against uh, the evil culture and positions him miraculously to bring a whole nation to victory. That's part of the reason that I like the story of Gideon. Do you know there's another reason that I like the story of Gideon? Because when God meets him, his origin story, right? When God meets him, he's in a season of what I call insecure underachievement. When God meets Gideon, the nation is so oppressed that Gideon is in hiding. He is threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, if you're going to thresh wheat, you usually need an open space with some breeze. And if you're going to do a wine, you need kind of something that's sunken that can capture all the grapes. But in this story, he's under so much oppression that he's trying to get a bit of food for his family. And he has to do that in hiding. And God meets him. Now, in this part of the story, we see that Gideon... His story is one of insecurity, it's one of isolation, it's one of fear, it's one of doubt, weakness, oppression, questioning, and rejection. And so when God appears to Gideon, and when God begins to reveal this amazing plan that he has for Gideon's life, Gideon begins to push back. But obviously, his mum taught him manners because you see that he does this in a very polite way. And we'll see that in the story. We're going to pick up in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. It says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon's reply very polite. There is some evidence to say he could have been British. That is not true. Just checking to see you're awake. Pardon me, my Lord. He says, pardon me, my Lord. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And in this part, it's easy for us to associate, I believe, in different seasons in our life, that when God says, I want to bring you into freedom, I want to use you, that we push back and we start to limit God. And one of the ways that we start to limit God and that Gideon started to limit God is saying, God, like, if you are powerful, you say you're powerful, but if you are powerful, why are we in this mess? Like, you're coming to me saying you've got a plan. You're coming to me saying that you've got goodness and you've got power. But if you've got goodness, why aren't you good right now? And if you've got power, why are we in this mess? And I believe that for many of us in different seasons in our life, God comes to us and we're like, like, why has my life been, if you're good, why has my life been such a mess? Like, where were you, God? Like in those times where like, 
I called out to you and instead of an answer, I got oppression. And I feel like many of us in different seasons of our life, we can relate to this and we can say, look, I don't know if you've ever seen those superannuation ads and they say at the bottom of them that uh, past performance is not an indicator of future performance. And sometimes we are like, we've got a scorecard on God and say like, God, you say that you're good. You say you're going to be good in the future, but you haven't been good the way that I'm looking at it. You haven't come through when I, you haven't answered the prayers. Look at all these prayers that you haven't answered. And I feel like that's, easy for us to relate to. And that's one of the ways that Gideon limited God. The next part, verse 14, it says, The Lord turned to him. He doesn't respond to to these questions. He says, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And again, Gideon's response is very polite. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, sorry, and, uh, and this is the second way that Gideon starts to limit God. He starts to limit, the first way is say, well, God, you have limited power. And then God says, well, I'm going to use you. And then Gideon says, well, I have limited power. He's like, God, have you met my mum? Have you met my dad? Have you met my crazy auntie? I've got this theory that every family has a crazy auntie. Is that true? Would you say that? Yeah? There's a few. Someone was saying, that's me, I'm the crazy auntie. (laughs) And like Gideon is saying, don't you know my story? Like, don't you know the generational weakness and brokenness that I've found? And he begins to limit God by saying, God, like, okay, I know that you're limited because you haven't come through. And then you say you want to use me, but I'm limited because of all these faults, these failures. I'm the least of the least. And God says this. He says, I'll be with you. And you'll strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And Gideon replied, if you, I have now found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Do you know what the sign was? So the next scene is Gideon prepares an offering. He, he, he gets an animal, sacrifices it, and then takes it out to the angel of the Lord. But I, and then the angel of the Lord says, put it on, on the rock. He touches it with his staff, it bursts into flames, goes up, the sacrifice goes up, and the angel disappears. That's the sign. If you continue in the later parts of the chapter, there is something that we see which is called Gideon putting out a fleece. So if you've been around church for a little while, 
Um, church people sometimes say, I'm hearing from the Lord, I need a fleece. Does any, do you grow up with anyone that's like, I'm putting out a fleece? Okay, It's a little bit of a, a quirky thing that, that Christians say. But now you know. Now, now we've cracked the code. So essentially, a fleece was a, was a piece of wool. And where Gideon got to is he said, I need to know if God's speaking to me. So what I'm going to do, God, I'm going to get this piece of wool and I'm going to put it on the ground. And in the morning, if it's wet and the ground is dry, I'm going to know it's you. And so that happens, all right? Then the next morning, he's like, okay, I want to know it's really you. So like high, high faith levels. This time, let's flip it. Let's do dry, dry wool, wet ground, all right? Now, have you ever thought about this, that Gideon had actually seen the angel of the Lord touch a sacrifice and it go up into smoke? And then the angel disappear, and he's like, and obviously his logic is like, hmm, you know what would be a better sign? Wool. <laughs> wet wool, dry wool. Dry wool, wet wool. And so he begins to limit the voice of God. He's seen something that how many people in history have seen? Probably not many. In, in the story of the Bible, there's some, a lot of miraculous encounters. Do you know what that encounter was so miraculous that he said, I've seen God, I'm going to die. I need some dry wool and some wet wool. (laughs) And sometimes we can limit God, we can diminish an encounter with God, we can diminish a word from God, and we can limit God and go, oh, I don't know. Was, the, was that just a hot day? You put crack an egg on a road in the Aussie summer. Is that how the, the flame went up? But God was gracious. But Gideon was limiting God. Do you know in the two parts of the story, There's that first part, this part of incredible freedom. This part of incredible, it's like God working miraculously in Gideon's life to see a nation come to freedom. Okay, there's two parts. That's the first part. The second part is Gideon's brokenness, limitations, doubts, questionings, wanting signs when he had pretty good evidence, wanting to hear from God more. Insecurity, questioning, doubts, rejection, isolation, fear, all part of his story. And I think it's easy for us to relate to those. Or for most of us, it's easy for us to relate to the rejection, the fear, the isolation, the questioning. Why hasn't God come through? I'm broken. I'm oppressed. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's part of the human story, like our relationship with God. But here is my challenge and invitation today, and it, and it will also be a declaration over you that we shouldn't just associate with that part of the story. 
we should easily and continue to associate with the freedom. So it's like when I think of Gideon, it's like, okay, I've had seasons of fear, doubt, questioning, is God good? Is he going to come through? Why am I here? Okay, that's good. But what I need to recognize is that I need to come in agreement with the other part of the story. That for me to experience the freedom of God, which is not limited to myself, but which will extend beyond me into my family, into this city, into the community where I'm working during the week, what I'm doing, whether that's in my household, whether that's at the workplace, what I need to do is I need to increasingly come into agreement, not just with the brokenness, although that's part of the story, but I come into agreement with a life of freedom and I start to break the limits off. When we were, uh, grew up in Thailand and um, we lived in, uh, at one stage we lived in a bunch of different houses. I think I've lived in 17 different houses. And one of the houses we lived in was a tiny house before they were cool, right? <laughs> tiny houses before they were on Netflix. And I think my dad's here and I think like we could have two people with arms stretched out like me and my brother, we could stretch our arms out and go from one one part of the house to the other, one wall of the house to the other. Right? And so um, at that stage, I wanted uh, a dog. And my parents were so kind to me, they bought me a little black cocker spaniel and I called him Toby. He was a really awesome dog. He wasn't very smart, but I loved... Toby and he was like built like he was like built like a like a mini mini bull. Now if you are taking a dog for a walk in Bangkok and some of you that have had different experiences it's a pretty stressful thing. One of the reasons is that most streets have street dogs um, and rabies is not uncommon. In fact uh, side note we had a monkey with rabies, true story, in our front yard that bit our next door neighbor's dog that bit my brother. He's okay. <laughs> it's like, that was a roller coaster. But it was like, so I would take Toby out and he would be like, if you ever have had those dogs and they're just like straining. And I probably should have trained him, trained him better, but he would just like, he would just be grabbing and clawing as he's kind of trying to trying to get off the chain. Do you know that at times we can limit things that need to be released? Now, I don't believe that we can limit God, but I do believe that we can limit him in our own lives. God is going to do what God wants to do, but I don't think he'll always do it through us. And I th believe and I want to declare over this congregation, over this church, that we will be people who bring freedom to our city. That we will be people that experience, we begin to get in agreement 
with the word of God over our lives, we begin to get in agreement with the promises of God over our lives, of which there are thousands in the Bible. And also the Bible says that every promise is yes through Jesus. And the amen is ours, the let it be done is ours, which is what amen means, to the glory of God. So here's what I want to declare, that as a congregation, as a people, we are the ones that say we want God to work through us. We want to take the limitations off. We want to take the chains off. And we want to begin to run in the freedom of God that breaks out, fills our own life, and it advances the kingdom of God in this city. That's our heart. And I know right now that God is speaking to some, many of you and he's stirring you about certain areas of freedom. And God's Holy Spirit is stirring your heart about freedom in your family. He's stirring your heart about freedom in your workplace. And he's stirring your heart about a future where we begin to agree with God's promises and plans for our life. The Apostle Paul, he says this, Ephesians chapter 3. God can do anything. Do you believe it? Do you really believe it? What happens when we begin to declare and come into agreement with God is not that we minimize our problems. We just maximize God. We just get a bigger picture of God. We just fill our we just we don't pretend that we don't have brokenness, pain, fear, insecurity, but we just turn up the level on God. And he says, God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And listen to this, because this is the way he does it. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. This is the way that God wants to bring about his plan of freedom. Where do you need to experience God's freedom in your life? Where is it? I'm not going to I'm not going to take the take the <laughs> microphone. But what is it in your own mind? Maybe what is the first thing that comes into mind or what do you think that God is stirring by his spirit? What is it? Is it is it mental freedom? Is it freedom from depression, anxiety? Is it past trauma? Is it stuff that happened? I know there's so much tragedy in so many people's stories. Is it something in your your body? Is it something in your family? Are you broke and you need God's power to come and help you pay your bills? He's into that. Have you got an idea for a business? Or Korea, and you want God to, you believe it's from God, and you need God's plan 
God's next steps, God's favour, he's into that. And it's time for us to take the limits off. But I also want to bring in this aspect is that God has called you and I to be leaders of freedom and to be ones that can break through in whatever environment that we are. You know, one of the most powerful thoughts, I can't remember who first told me, but it's learning the difference between between being a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer tells the temperature, a thermostat sets the temperature. And so many times we're in environments where they're saying, hey God, you've brought me in this place and like it's it's there's turmoil, there's conflict, there's brokenness, and God's like, and, and we're like, God, there's no there's no peace here, there's no wholeness here. And God's like, What do you think? Why do you think you're there? He's like, Yeah, I, I know that's why I've placed you as a light to begin to shine and to begin to shift atmospheres and to begin to shift things in the spirit and also in the natural. And I'm declaring over our church that we are lights, that we are ones that God has called. And for some of us, and for many of us, it's time to flip the, the script on Sometimes, can it be honest? Don't be offended. Some of us are complaining about God's calling where he wants to get out of agreement with our complaint and into agreement with his plan. And we're saying, God, why am I here? I don't know. And God's like, you need to start to declare that I am here as an agent of freedom and that I am here to bring power and life and I am here not to pretend like nothing is wrong, but to say that we have a solution, and that solution is a good God who is bringing His life, the life of the Spirit, without striving, but is bringing the grace of God to every season and circumstance. A life of no limits is when we release God to do anything and everything he promised. This is a life of no limits, and this is a life that God has called us into. Very simply, how do we begin to step into this and and take hold of this? And I believe that it starts in prayer. Because one of the purposes of prayer, what prayer does is prayer allows us to come into agreement with God's plans and God's purposes. That is like an internal starting point. So if you were to say, look, there's something within me, I don't have all the answers, I don't know everything, but I want to be an agent of God's freedom and wholeness, where would I start? Well, I would start here. We're going to go back, I read from Ephesians 3.20, but we're going to go back to... This amazing prayer, a prayer that Paul prayed, the Apostle Paul, and a prayer that we're invited to partner with and pray together. And here's what he says. My response 
is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his Spirit, not a brute strength, but an glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And this is the first thing that we pray. We ask God's Spirit for the inner strength to hold on to the freedom and blessing he gives you. Now, this is like, I think a little bit of a funny thing to say, but who remembers when you used to get free plastic bags at the supermarket? That's like, who is this dinosaur? My kids are like, what? Who remembers when you had to return a DVD, uh, return a video and rewind it? Okay, those are the real oldies here. Two of my kids have never been to a video store in their life. But who remembers when you used to get free plastic bags and they used to be like pretty much the lowest quality plastic bags that you could get? And who was a chronic overfiller? Did anyone... We're like, let's see if I can get this $100 worth of groceries in two bags. Do you know, often that would break, the bag would break. Sometimes jars would, would break and things rolling down the car park. Do you know, I believe that this is a little bit of the picture of what the Apostle Paul is saying he says pray for inner strength that you'd be able to hold on to what God gives you now i would say that there have been times that God has given me freedom but i haven't had the capacity to hold it that God has led you into places of wholeness but inside you 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 couldn't contain it and one of the prayers that we need to come into agreement is God strengthen me to carry this freedom in my life, but also strengthen me to be a carrier of freedom to other people's lives. I want to be someone who has a capacity, has the inner strength, has the power that is given by God's grace to make sure that all the peace, all the freedom, I can hold on to it, that I can contain it, that I can, the word we would say is appropriate it, I can use it both in my own life, in my own family, and also in my world around me. And this is the first prayer. Ask God's Spirit for the inner strength to hold on to the freedom and blessing He gives you. The next one here is ask Him, and I ask Him, that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. One of the pictures here is being grounded, having roots go down, the firmest, deepest, foundation of your life being God's love. Do you know, have you ever like sometimes been in seasons, maybe there's just me, when you just like, you go deep. It doesn't happen much, but like 
you go deep, and then you're like, oh, it's it's scary in there. <laughs> it's true, right? I have a saying, if you ever go deep, go deep with God. Partly because if you start going like deep in, deep in your mind, it's like Inception. Maybe you've seen that, one of my favorite movies. There is not everything is good, but the Apostle Paul is saying, how about we planted ourselves, we were so deep in God's love that when we went deep, we found God's love. And when we start to produce love as a tree that's planted in good soil is fruitful, so our life begins to be defined by God's love. And this is so key. And the second prayer is this, to ask God to plant, ground, and build you in love so you can experience and extend the extravagant dimensions of God's love. This is a wonderful prayer. The idea that if I'm so deeply planted and surrounded by God's love, that as I, as I begin to have that as a habit in my life, that my responses, my natural responses become love. The way that I deal with people, the words that come out of my mouth, my, my thoughts, my expressions, that our thoughts would be filled with God's love. It's an amazing thing. Ask God to plant and ground you in love so you can experience and extend the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Here's the last one. It says, reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. If I was to take a water bottle and it was one litre, it was squeezy, had a nozzle. And if I was to drive probably 30, 40 minutes out into the ocean, and if I was to immerse that bottle in the ocean, it would be filled to the fullness, right? Would the ocean be impacted? If I was to get, instead of a one-liter bottle, a two-liter bottle, and do the same thing, or a four-liter bottle, and do the same thing. This is what it means to be filled with the fullness of God. That we are filled to all that we can contain. It doesn't mean that we empty the ocean. Or we've experienced the depths or the extent of the ocean. And if we're going to embrace a life of freedom. We need to pray this prayer. The third and final prayer. We're almost done. It says, ask to boldly live a full life, full in the fullness of God. Again, this life that is, God is within, God is around. Like a water bottle, when it's squeezed, when I'm squeezed, what comes out? God comes out. God's goodness, God's life, God's freedom. And I'm declaring over this church, this year 
it's time to take the limits off. It's time to take the limits off. Do you know that your brokenness holding on to that, it's not doing God any favors? He wants to take your brokenness. He wants to fill you with the fullness of God. He wants our church, this group of people here, part of the bigger church, part of what God's bigger plan in the city, so many churches. And he wants us to be agents of freedom. He wants us to see the wholeness, the life of God. Three prayers. Ask God's spirit for the inner strength to hold on to the freedom and blessing he gives you. Ask God to plant, ground and build you in love so you can experience and extend the extravagant dimension of God, Christ's love. And ask boldly to live a full life, full in the fullness of God. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to pray for a couple of people, a couple of types of people, groups of people. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.